Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is DG Hollins. And today we are going to take your listener feedback and have quite the conversation today. Yes. Controversial, even. Maybe. Maybe, possibly. Wow, DG, it is so awesome to be back again. And, you know, this uh, podcast, you know, it, it, it is taking on a life of its own and i love it it really is because i had not intend you know i had an idea of what i wanted i just wanted to just come and generally speak about the church and of course i never thought it would lead to some of the inspiration of thought to really delve in and and really question for yourself what is it that i believe in why do i believe it for so many people around the world and and i love that this this program is not just appealing to Christians. Yes. That is what I love. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, I, it is it is really awesome to know that we're we're reaching outside of the people within the within the um the 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 walls of the the campuses of of some of these modern churches today. <laughs> Good, good search for those terms there. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> I can see your brain working like um, those things that have the walls. People go <laughs> the, inside the them. fortress. You know, the one where they <laughs> they stay behind the the walls of the fortress on the campus uh, to be protected from the outside world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> as if they had a disease, <laughs> which of course is what the Bible pretty much says, and and that uh, rather than avoid it, we ought to go out and bring the cure to it. Yeah, but. exactly. Yeah. Oh anyway, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So I tell you, <laughs> TG and I are both in a in a in a certain well, way today. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like I'm I'm kind of here, and Cliff is kind of here, and we're depending on the, the people in the chat room to keep us awake. That's correct. That's exactly right. So if you see us, I'll I'll, I'll give you the studio line. If you see one of us pass out, just call us on the studio <laughs> line. <laughs> All right. But anyway, we want to say thank you to everybody who is in the chat room. I love the fact that the chat room uh, is going during the show, that folks are there to talk to each other. And it seems like each week we have somebody new show up, and uh, that's very awesome. And today, of course, we did uh, get some good feedback. One of them is 37 seconds. It's going to provoke some good conversation. The other one is 5 minutes and 14 seconds. But I'm extremely excited about this five minute and fourteen second call, and I think what we'll do is is we will pause through the call and kind of discuss some things, or should we just play the whole thing and then discuss? It's completely up to you. I'm cool with pausing because I don't know if I'm gonna remember all of it. Well, I was thinking about taking some copious notes during, but uh, that's I, fine. I, we can do that. I got my, I got, I've got Microsoft Word up, so I can type stuff in if we need. Very to. cool. I, I think we should do that because I think probably giving her the ability to. To, to say everything in context of everything else she says rather than breaking it apart. So let's do that. But first, before we go to um, before we go to Tess, who sent us not only a very awesome email, but also a very awesome long feedback, um, I, we'll, we'll go to Jeff Roney, who has uh, become a regular contributor of feedback for our show, which we absolutely love. Thank you, Jeff. Love it. Here is what Jeff had to say. 
Hey guys, this is Jeff again, and uh, as you know, if you do know, uh, I rarely have any trouble asking controversial questions, so I'm going to do it again, of course. Anyway, my question to you is, have you ever used or seen used uh, the gifts of the Spirit and uh, the whole charismatic uh, subject? Uh, what, what are your feelings about that? Have you ever experienced it? You know, maybe a bad story. <laughs> And then maybe a good story, uh, maybe a story that you've seen or you've experienced yourself. Uh, this is Jeff Roney. Thanks. Great show. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Jeff, thank you so much. And yes. uh, what, a, what a topic. It's one that is certainly not among my favorite to discuss because this is one that I find not so much creates arguments with non-Christians, because I, of course, I I, oh, yeah. I despise having arguments with Christian or with non-Christians, but even more so, I despise think you know fo- focusing too much attention on things that divide us as a church. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Then then unite us, and so, but but you know what? This is generally speaking about the church. We are who we are. We believe some things, and. I'm not going to claim to be perfect myself, and so I'm willing to have this conversation. <laughs> you have not reached perfection yet? Not at this time. Working no. towards it. Not at this juncture. Working towards it, but not... Ex- yeah. Exactly. So, um, I guess I'll let you put your foot in the mouth first, <laughs> and then I'll do it. I thought we said we were going to save this for a later <laughs> for a later podcast. No, I'm just joking. No, 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 no. That's um, the other part of it. That was from Richard <laughs> Emblem. We'll put that in next week. Um, No, I actually... You know, I, I've I've uh, I've been United Methodist for all my life, and uh, that tends, you know, speaking in tongues, um, okay, uh, being so- slain by the Spirit, all this kinds of stuff that most people like in in my in my circles would call charismatic, you know, kind of worship. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not really just been a whole bunch around. Uh, so it's, and, and I, you know, I do have, there are some churches that believe that, um, that you actually have not been baptized by the spirit unless you speak in tongues, um, and things like that, which I do not, um, agree to, uh, believe in, but, um, <clears throat> that's okay. I mean, we can have disagreements. I'm cool with that. Uh, but I, but I really just have not had a lot of experience with it before to tell you the truth. So, I mean, I can't really come from, um, you know, too much of a thing. I do believe that if there is going to be a speaking of tongues, which I believe to be an understanding of speaking different languages, not necessarily speaking the divine language or God's language, um, um, that if, if it is there, it needs to be translated. So other body, other people could be able to hear and understand what in the world's being said. Um, and so I've always taken that as, multiple languages, um, of people, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, I see that happening at Pentecost when, when they're speaking in, in tongues and different languages, in my understanding, um, I see that as a recreation of, of what happened at the tower of, of Babel, mm-hmm. Babel, Babel, whatever you want to call it. And so I see that as, um, Christ and, and God and the Holy spirit bringing about redemption through something that was bad that happened in the Old Testament, and so that's that's my theology to that is is here here now is this opportunity that uh, that what once divided all of us is now bringing us together in unity uh, through the Spirit. So 
But and that's just that's just the tongues part. I'm not even talking about being slain in the spirit and all kinds of different things like that. I assume that's what he's asking. I don't know. Maybe he's, no, maybe no, he's that, asking I, about someone else. No, I think he's asking. That, that's one portion of what he's asking about. Right. And so certainly, I don't know. But I haven't. You know, honestly, I haven't really had too much experience with it. Um, and and I'm not gonna. I, I, but I don't look at somebody that that you know, like the TV evangelist that goes blah blah blah, 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 blah whatever they do. Um, I don't look down at them. <laughs> I'm just wondering if someone could please translate that for me. <laughs> right. I'm just like, you know, the purpose of this is not to show something, but the purpose of this is to bring people deeper into relationship with God and with Christ. And uh, if it is a barrier, then I have issues with it. Okay. And a lot of times, uh, if it is not being translated, I have major issues with it uh, because it's just, it's causing, it's causing ignorance and, and um, you know, just questions, more questions. Right. Than anything else. Now, um, you know, I've the the closest thing I have ever experienced personally uh, to being slain in the spirit. And I'm, and I'm you know, saying that with fingers <laughs> is um, I, the first time I ever spoke in front of a group of people that I had really just done a ton of prayer with and uh, things like that. It was at a Christmas or a walk to Emmaus. I don't know if any people are, are familiar with those things or not, but it's like a spiritual weekend. It's like a weekend retreat for adults and they also have chrysalises for kids. But, um, I, I spoke at that and it was during college. And then when I, when I got done with that, right after I finished, I was walking to the prayer chapel and, and where someone was praying for me the entire time during the talk. And I just, I fell to my knees and it, and it wasn't, and I did not feel like I lost control of my body though, but I just, I fell to my knees because it's almost, I felt like I told somebody when you really are preaching, uh, well, at least this has been my experience when I'm really, really preaching that I am exhausted afterwards. It's almost like God took this, this vessel and said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to take over for a little bit and then I'm going to give it back to you. And now I'm going to be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it's just, oh my gosh, my, you know, my soul has not been used like that, you know, and it just, it, I, I was it just exhausted. I was so exhausted. Right. Um, and crying and, and, um, and just blown away by the presence of God, but it, I, but I still don't even consider that. that well, me. that I, but anyway, I will say that that's very close to what some people will recognize and tell you as as as, as the slain in the spirit experience. Right. Um. Now I have had quite a bit more experience in this as I grew up in the church, um, n- not being taken to church by my family, but oftentimes sent to church. Uh, as a kid, and then when I was, uh, you know, mostly it was Nazarene, Baptist, Methodist, um, you know, all those different churches as I was growing up. But when I was about 15 years old, my friend, uh, actually not my friend, but my cousin, who was also my friend, invited me to come to Community Pentecostal Church in Taylor Mill, Kentucky. And my friend, they had the most beautiful women there that you could ever find on earth when I was uh, 14, 15 years old. <laughs> I mean, they were absolutely gorgeous women. And so, of course, that made me quite uh, compelled. It, it compelled me to go back often. And uh, so it was It was not necessarily the um, the spiritual ramification of this church, but it was, it was just the appeal of, you know, being 14 or 15 and drawn to these beautiful women. However, I will tell you, <laughs> I will tell you that... I did sense the presence of God in this place in a way that I never uh, sensed it prior to that. And 
in this church, it was very charismatic. And so there was the speaking of tongues where basically you hear these things, you know, somebody will start speaking in, in what sounds to be gibberish. And, and in this congregation, oftentimes there was somebody else just randomly throughout the congregation who would stand up and interpret what was just said. And it was, it, it, it was something that was awkward at first. And of course, then there was the slain in the spirit, which is, um, the, the, in, I, I, now, I will tell you, I went to this church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday evening. Wow, you're there a lot. I was there every week for a year and a half without ever missing a service. Well, cool. Now, um, the the women were that beautiful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just being honest. I no, mean, yeah. I, I mean, I had I had the wrong motives for going to church at the time. Yeah. However, I will tell you that again, I I was I was still very much drawn in by the preaching there. In fact, some of the best preaching I've ever heard and most powerful and 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 preaching that really spoke to my heart was from this charismatic preacher. And of course, you know that I like bluegrass music, right? Yeah, oh yeah. And I love bluegrass. They they only played bluegrass gospel music for worship, nice. which was totally awesome. <laughs> and so, so they had some probably pretty, really good instrumentalists. Awesome stuff, my yeah, friend. That's cool. It was it was the best. But, you know, occasionally, well, not occasionally, in every service, they would have, you know, everybody would go up and they'd be dancing and, and, and the pastor would hold his hands up and pray over somebody and they'd shake their hands and that lady or, or that guy would just completely lose all control of their body and they would fall to the floor, passed out. It just looks like somebody had just cleared the room with a machine gun. Um, oh, some, some of them... A holy machine gun. Yeah, and some of them would be shaking... <laughs> And and like spasmodically and stuff, and it was just like okay, that's really weird. After being there enough, it it just kind of just became normal. And of course, I started to think, you know, what am I missing out on? So I started to ask questions, and people would tell me, and and people would try to get me to the point where I could speak in tongues and stuff like that, and it just never happened for me. And and I will tell you, it it did a little bit of a a little bit of emotional scarring and and mm. and spiritual. Uh, hurt came from this. Mm. You know, it's like, why? Why can't I do this? Why is this not working for me? And, and do I not love God enough? And and in fact, yeah, yeah. It, it's not just that those things were my thoughts just like, you know, introduced by Satan to make me feel bad about myself. But instead, it was, it was these were thoughts that were pretty much uh, propagated through the congregation. Is, oh, is, sure. is, is, is You know, my, my friend is like, you know, you, you just must there is there sin in your life? I mean, it was it was like what what's going on in your life, Cliff, that you're not telling us that you can't do this. Yeah. And yeah. and so um, you know, I, I kind of just let it be. And and one of the other things that I'll say about that experience at, at that church was that um, you know, there there was there was that feeling. But one of the things that I would never do is invite a non Christian to come to my to that church with me. Um, it, it's, it's something that, uh, I had people who wanted to come to church with me and set that. And I will tell you without them there, I felt completely comfortable at home when somebody came and visited this church with me and they've never been to a charismatic. I mean, I'm flipping. I was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad that they're experiencing this oh, yeah. because it, it's, it seemed because from, you knew all the questions that were going through their brain. And exactly. You knew all the things that they were thinking that this is, it seems unorderly. It doesn't seem like. It just doesn't seem 
like what I what I would imagine it should be. And and right. so mm-hmm. I'm not judging that. I'm just saying it, when when other people would come, I knew that there were more questions than there were answers being given at this service. And that for right. me was a concern. And uh, of course, but I wasn't there for the right reasons anyway. And and right. and and I was I was not quote unquote you know what I would consider to be uh, conf- you know assured of my Christianity myself. I mean, I, sure. I I as much as I knew I wanted to be a Christian and was told that I was a Christian, I thought I was. But then I started having questions and doubts about my Christianity because I didn't speak in tongues or right. you know and and all this other stuff. So I I don't know what happened, but I eventually ended up no longer attending that church, and then having this year and a half of my life in a charismatic church, um, as as an experience, and 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 trust me, I I experienced a lot there, and I, and and I I really did understand. I I, I studied the Word of God a lot through this, and I I was under a lot of preaching there and a lot of teaching, and I I. Believe it or not, even though I was there for the wrong intentions and the wrong motives as a 14, 15-year-old boy, I picked up and soaked up a lot in that year and a half. I really did. The only thing I didn't pick up and just didn't stick to me was speaking in tongues or any of the other spiritual gifts that are more more recognized in the charismatic movement. Now, with that said, I ended up... uh, you know, backsliding for a while as much as I could being that I, you know, didn't even know what all I, what, what all this Christianity stuff was completely about as far as the relationship end of things. But then I started going to this Nazarene church, which is, you know, is an offshoot of the Methodist church. Right. right. There's no charismatic movement no, no, going no. on there. Well, I can't say that there are, there are offshoots of just about any denomination yeah, today yeah. <laughs> that, that have kind of broken from the norm and said, you know, we've, We've received the breath of the spirit and God's shining down on us now and we're far superior. And that's unfortunately the way that I feel that this has been portrayed. And if you are charismatic, if you are charismatic and you're listening to this and say, Cliff, 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 no, we're not all like that. Trust me, I am not judging Everybody with a broad stroke here. No, 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 no. Uh, this, I, all I'm sharing is my experience. Right, that's so, all we can share. Out of so right now I'm doing this almost daily devotional, right? Mm-hmm. It, in a podcast form. Well, years and years ago, when I was going to this Nazarene church, I felt led to really start sharing what I was, was doing in my daily time alone with God, and I shared it in an email newsletter. Okay. And I sent it out to a whole, huge mailing list, and you know I did practical daily you know, just practical topics. Well, one day I had somebody email me and ask me, am I, you know, I have a friend of mine who's telling me that I am not a Christian and that I cannot be confirmed of my Christianity because I don't speak in tongues. What do you think about this? And what does the Bible say about this? And I answered that email question in an almost daily devotional. It was the first time I ever spoke, you know, openly in in a in in the outside of regular circles that I interact in with in a, on a regular basis, and I just basically shared. It's like, listen, do if anybody else is having this, maybe you've experienced this because I've been there. I want to let you know that I believe that I I I am a Christian based upon the the faith that I have expressed in Christ, based upon what I have experienced in my life and what I know Christ has done for me. Uh, there was a, you know, I, I became aware of my of what it means to have a relationship with God and to let him be con- complete control of my life. On December 9th, 1991, it radically changed who I was. 
And to this day, I still have never spoken in tongues. And there was an experience. There was an experience later on where we, I ended up going to another church, but this was before that. And so, um, in essence, what happened was I sent out this email saying, listen, I'm conf- I, I know that I'm a Christian. And I know that if I were to die today, I'm going to heaven. And I've never speak, spoken in tongues. It says I am saved by faith alone in Christ Jesus. You know, and, and, and that's that's what it takes. It doesn't say I'm saved by speaking in the tongues. Right. You know, right. And, and, and the Bible's, there's the Bible makes it very clear that some are given the gift of this, some are given the gift of this, and some are given the gift of this. And the Bible says, do all do this? No. Do all do this? By no means. Right, right, right. You know, the Spirit gives the gifts as he sees fit. And so I, I basically shared that. And I said, and, and then I gave a story. It's kind of like, you know, it's like asking your parents for a gift. It's like, you know, your your, your parents want to give you a gift. Maybe you're graduating or whatever. And it's their des- desire to give you a gift. Well, what if they give you a car, a brand new car, a very nice, expensive, elaborate car, any kid would fall over to have this car. Sure. And all you do is sit there and bellyache and complain about this brand new car because it's not that car that the other kid down the road has. <laughs> and and so it, I kind of likened it to that. It's like, listen, you know, I understand. This is the gift. These are the gifts, the talents, the abilities. These are the spiritual gifts that God has given me. And I am not going to beg and plead and stay up three, you know, Four, until four o'clock in the morning, demanding that God pour His gifts out on me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what I—that's what I had experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And and then at the end of that, to say, you know, sorry, Cliff, I, I don't know. Do you know the emptiness, or can you imagine the emptiness that can come from that? Sure. To think, my gosh. And luckily, thankfully. Believe it or not, the Spirit of God does speak to me and has confirmed to me my relationship hmm. with God. And so he speaks to me in my heart, in my soul, and tells me that I am his. And when I read his word, I sense his presence. Uh, not all the time, but when my when my mind and my focus is right, I sense his presence. I know that I have the Spirit of God dwelling within me. There is no question about that. There, there is no way that I could do some of the most of what I do through podcasting and, and sharing and inspiring people if it were not because I mean, I'm a selfish individual. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. I mean, I, I really it, anything that's good within me, I credit that to the Spirit of God living, active, working within me. Yeah, and to anybody for anybody to say, but Cliff, you cannot possibly have the Spirit of God within you. Because you do not have the evidence of that, right, which is right. speaking in tongues. Right. And in that devotional, that email devotional I sent out, a certain somebody, and I won't say the person's name or give the relationship to Stephanie and I, however, a certain somebody emailed me back and says, Cliff, you are not a full-blown Christian. If you were, sure. you would be speaking in tongues. And, and, I, and he says, and I said, and what about Billy Graham? I've never heard of Billy Graham speaking in tongues. And he says, as far as Billy Graham, sure, he does great things, but it's obvious that he is not full, filled with the Spirit <laughs> yeah. and has never been baptized by the Spirit either. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, that's, that's been my experience. Now, I will tell you there was a time when uh, Stephanie and I started dating, she was attending an Assembly of God church, which was a very charismatic church as well. 
when I went there, it, it didn't totally freak me out because I'd already been around this stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, I will tell you, I'm sometimes even drawn to those services because I do sense the power of God there. But I think it's not so much the charismatic gifts that bring the my the the present the sensation or the my sense of the presence of God I really honestly believe what what I'm drawn to in the charismatic church is that people are so intense in their desire to meet God in that place hmm. because I've gone to a Nazarene conference I've gone to Nazarene conferences I've been in Nazarene church services where it my spirit is just I mean it's just as dead as dead can be walking into that place. It does nothing for me. There have been other times I've walked into a Nazarene service where there is it, 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 where you could just tell there was a hunger for a majority of people present to really meet God and praise and worship him so much that they would just be willing to just cry out and 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 cry, I mean literally cry, God, we need you. And I sense that same thing. So I don't think it's the charismatic gifts that bring that. It's just the, you know, what is the heart of the people who come together and gather? Are they expecting to meet Christ there? And I think if you come and you expect to meet Christ, that's when you sense that presence and that power and that, and even a, a, a bit of what you were talking about, the fact that you just feel God just so present and, and, and being so close to you that it does it, it, you, you, you physically feel it. Yeah, yeah, and I you know, and I, I don't know. I, I see some, I see some worship services that, I mean, okay. For example, my wife is a youth pastor, and when we first went to uh, a church in Lexington, Kentucky, when we were in seminary, we were on retreat, and the kids walked up to us and said, "Is this the night we cry?" That was their question. Is this the night that we are supposed to cry at? Yep. My wife looked at them and said, absolutely not. You know, just like, I cannot believe. But even at a, at a very young age, they were thinking to themselves, this is the norm of what Christianity is, and I'm supposed to cry. My emotions are supposed to take over everything in this point and in this place, and this is what it means to be a Christian. And I, and I have serious ramifications. I mean, there are serious ramifications, but I have serious issues with people that are using emotions to manipulate a specific kind of atmosphere. Yep. And 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 that all that does in my mind is promote this understanding of I don't feel God. Yes. I'm supposed to feel God. So if if this is what the norm is for what being around the presence of God is like, then anything that's not that means I'm not with God. Yeah. And 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 so you know there has got to be a huge levels of of wrestling, allowing those people to wrestle with God and to deal with what that relationship with God looks like. But also they're going to have to fight through the fact that, that maybe, maybe Christianity is, it includes emotions, but maybe they're not the number one thing. Well, if anything, I, I, w- I want to go back and I want to explain what is this the night to cry means, because I know that for a fact, there are a lot of people listening, oh, yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Go for it. I cool. do. But before we go there, I do want to say, just just to piggyback on what you're saying, I agree that, in my opinion, many of the charismatic experiences that I have are so focused on feeling and emotion that it it, it that it, it that it's dangerously close of being too far on that extreme. Right, and and At I want to clarify though, that I don't think that they're actually doing that on purpose. A mm-hmm. lot of them, 
Yeah. I really do think that these are just passionate people for Christ. Well, you know what they but are? But they have to deal with those other issues because people are asking those questions. And to deal with it as saying, well, you have to act like this or you're not a Christian, I have major issues with. Exactly. If, if that's their answer, instead of allowing them to wrestle with it, then I have yeah. I have issues. Well, the, the, and, and, and the thing is, is and I agree, it's, I don't think it's intentional uh, for the most part. I believe there are some people out there that, that do this intentionally. I think... Um, I, I'm not going to pass judgment on anybody here in this podcast, but I personally believe in my heart I've seen some television folks that that kind of make a living and career off of doing this. But um, but the thing is, is that um, the other thing I want to say though is I I'm equally equally as concerned. You're equally equally. I'm <laughs> equally as concerned about churches that discount emotion. Sure. Sure. From worship. That's why I said it's, it's part of it, but it is not the center part of it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so you know, there have been times when you know I've said, "Oh my gosh, I felt the presence of God." I, I, I went and I had this time of prayer, and and let me just tell you something. Just over the, I felt like I was in the throne room of God, and and I've had you know Christians on the other end of this prayer say, "Dude, that's just not what it's like." No. Sorry. It's like, you weren't there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that, that that I'm going to seek this out every day of my life. And, and it's like and, and that's what I see in the in some of these movements is is that it, it that that feeling becomes a drug. It becomes right. a high. And all of a sudden you become addicted to it. And and you and, and I've seen some people who want to stay in worship, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They never want to leave that experience. And it's like that right there. Hello, God says go and do and and serve and love and and all these other things. You can't do all of that if all you're doing is seeking this high. Right. And, and so I agree, both extremes. So let's talk about this. You know, is this the night that we're supposed to cry? Because I, I very much know what you're talking about. You're talking about um, summer camp for Christian summer camp for kids or vacation Bible study for kids. Yeah. There basically the whole idea is is that and and I'll see if I can explain this and you can kind of add to it. But uh, you you basically get a group of young kids together. It's a youth retreat or whatever. You give them a lot of good preaching and solid teaching. You kind of t- teach them the the you know it's like I know you're struggling with this, but here's what God says kind of thing. We have some fun music that's a little bit more to your level and and it kind of draws you in. We have some fun together. We show you it's like ah oh, wow look Christians can have fun <laughs> together. We're gonna bring in a comedian and we're gonna make you laugh because making you laugh makes you feel good inside. Don't you see how good you feel here? And look, you're not doing all those bad things that you know you shouldn't be doing. Right. Don't you understand this is what God wants for you and blah, blah, blah. And then they bring out the evangelist, <laughs> you know, the guy that will tell you the story that will bring tears to your eyes and he will reach right into your chest, rip your heart out of it with it still attached to every vein. He will squeeze the blood out of your heart and just wrench you to the floor in 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 emotional pain and emptiness to where you will beg for God's mercy on your life and you will have a conversion experience. Wow, I think you just woke up. <laughs> I'm cracking up. That's hilarious. So so is that is that the uh the night we're supposed to cry night? 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, okay, this is the night that we have to get all emotional because of God being here. And I tell you, I mean, no offense to women, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a gift of the spirit. But when girls get together, I don't care if it's a slumber party or whatever else. If one starts crying, man, it is just like a cry fest. And that's exactly what happened the whole time. You know, all these times I was going as a kid. You know, one girl would start crying and then her friends would start crying. They'd all have to go up there together. It's like they were going to the bathroom or something. You know? Have you ever been to a baseball game or a, a, a basketball game? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> have you ever stood up and started screaming, shouting or clapping and you have really no understanding of why you did it? <laughs> have you? Um, no, not really. Not, really? Not that I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, get it, to the it, point, it, please. Okay. <laughs> let me get to the point and, and then let me re-ask the question. Okay. Okay. It's it's called... It, it, there's, crowd mentality? It's the crowd mentality. Yeah. Basically, yeah. all of a sudden, it's it's like you're sitting there. I, I mean, I'm a normal guy. I would not just in the studio say, Welcome! <laughs> like that, you know? It's, yeah, it's yeah. just That's just not my personality. Yeah. But you sit me down at a basketball game. And you know what? I am not a sports guy. I, I I have right, I am right. I'm not a sports guy at all, but you set me in a in a, in a basketball stadium with thirty thousand other people who every time a basket is is made from you know from that end of the court over there at the yeah. last second, everybody else is sta- <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. I have no idea. What, it's I I really I do believe yeah, I can see that. I do believe that there are some things. It um now Hank Handergraf calls a lot of this stuff psychosomatic. Uh, manipulation and and sometimes um, you know it it it's, can be a form of hip, mass hypnosis mm. and, and and it's and it's basically through suggestion. Now I am not going to say that I agree, and I'm going to say that if you're a charismatic person and you experience that, that that is 100. I I am not going to try to personally tell you what I believe the spirit of God will and will not do within a worship service. Right, sure, all, of course. But all I'm saying is that there are there are some people out there that have said that you know maybe this is something about the art of suggestion, and if it's suggested to you that tonight God is going to touch you, He's going to move you, and and there is music, and and I don't know about you, but there, are, are you aware that music actually literally has the power to change and move a person's emotions from one place to the next? Well, yeah, that's what the Pied Piper used. <laughs> is that what it is? So, so I mean, there is the ability to take somebody from, you know, just this crazy, just I'm laid back and blah, blah, blah state. And then through the the, the special way that you talk and, and, and really engaging somebody in a story. Right. While in the background, somebody's playing some music that really sets the right mood. Right. And then all, and before you know it, I... I really do believe you can get the entire congregation to sit there and all of a sudden be at tears. Right. And and I I know this because in in a, I've preached a couple times and I I have sometimes this art of telling a story and bringing you to a place emotionally. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and I don't. I mean, and sometimes I think that that can be used. Oh, definitely. And and to tell you the truth, the the way that I'm doing this church plant is is maybe a response to that. I mean, it really is. I mean, I really believe that like, I am not going to ask anyone if they know Jesus Christ as a Lord and your personal savior. I'm going to let them come to that through years of wrestling. If that's what it takes, we're going to have discussions about Christ and we're going to have discussions and I'll tell them what my relationship looks like and, and things like that. But I want to encourage 
wrestling and discussion. And that's exactly the way I think that it needs to happen. I, you know, Christ did not walk around and say, Hey, do you believe in me? Do you believe in me? He sat down and ate with them and he got to know them and, and, and he taught them what relationship was because he could sit down and eat with them and talk with them and be with them right? and have, have discussions with his disciples and allow people to wrestle with it and ask them questions. He didn't say, uh, well, you know, he said, follow me. And he's not just saying, you know, okay, you have to believe in me, go with me. He's saying, no, no, I want you to hang out with me. I want us to have a relationship. That's what I'm talking about. And I don't believe this is a huge thing. I believe that Christianity is for the here and now and not yet. It is not all about heaven. And I'm getting really sick of a lot of Christians making it only about heaven because there is a life that we are to live here and now with hope and with grace and with love. And that is the reason that Christ, he came to make your life now better. Yeah. And getting to go to heaven, man, that's just the cherry on top of the ice cream because the ice cream is, is really, really, really good stuff. And we're the ones supposed to be bringing justice in the world and bringing love and bringing grace and bringing forgiveness into this world. And so I have major, major issues if everything's only about heaven. Um, and, and, and hence, the if you died to not, where would you go? It's not about that. Christ did not. I mean, very little did he talk about saying, oh, it's always going to be about paradise later on. He was talking about a life that you can live now, bringing restoration into lives now, bringing life into the death that's found in this world now. And, and so I have, I, I, you know, and so that's, that's the reason. I mean, I'm not going to ever have an altar call. I'm going to allow people to be able to wrestle with it. And I think that's going to make for a much more effective Christians in the long run instead of saying, okay, let's get them an emotional high or an emotional tag, and then let's let them make a decision, and then they'll wrestle with it later on. I, I, I do not believe that's effective for my generation, definitely my generation. We need to wrestle with it. But once we've wrestled with it, once we've had these discussions, once we found out what the truth is through, through time and through relationships with Christ and with others, then we actually know who we are. We actually know why we're here and we can actually live the life that Christ desires for us to live here and now and get to enjoy heaven later on. I would I would agree with some of that. The only thing I wouldn't say is I will never ask somebody, "Have you ever, or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ?" I that that is something. Now, of course, I mean those who have known me and who have listened to my podcast, you don't hear me ask. I don't do an altar call at the right. end of every sure. pod, at at the end of every podcast that I produce. Uh, but there are there are times when you know I I feel like somebody the conversation might lead there, and maybe that's what you're talking about. Maybe maybe that's something they've been wrestling with and then all of a sudden it's like wow what is all this stuff i'm feeling or or like sure with uh the ethiopian and was it philip yeah. uh and he's like listen you i read all this and stuff or the yeah with the you and it's like what what am i reading here and it's like let me tell you about a relationship with jesus christ and who he is exactly. and what he brought and tell you what is offered exactly. to you but but ultimately even when someone says yes i have a relationship with christ you will never ever know if they have a relationship with Christ. This is true, and that and that's, that's the only, only thing between that, them and God. Period. And that's the only thing that bugs me about that whole. Well, you're not speaking in tongues. Well, you must not. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the only that it, it. You know, I I can I can agree to disagree with charismatics as long as they don't tell me that if I'm reading the KJV, I'm not reading the right Bible. Right. And if I'm if I don't speak in tongues, then I must not have the completeness or the fullness of what God has promised to me. Right. You know right. that those are the two things that those are the only two issues I have and and I will tell you that I'm very glad to announce that over the past several years I have finally come 
to know several charismatic believers who have not said to me, Cliff, you obviously do not have the fullness of what God intends for you because you don't speak in tongues. Sure. Sure. Now, whether or not they believe that in their mind and their heart, and and they just secretly pray for me, I have no idea. Right, but but hey, ad, cool. but, ad, but at least they don't sit there and throw that kind of judgment on me. Exactly. I mean, and and I pray. I say, dear God, if I'm wrong on this issue, and you intend for me to have so much more quote unquote power, right. And, and if I am not communicating to you in prayer enough because I don't have some kind of secret language that you have for me and my spirit to talk to you, then by golly, Lord, I'm asking you to give it to me. Right. If right. it's real. But I am not going to sit here and try to manufacture that gift. And I will tell you, I have done that before. I sat down and, and had these folks pray and, and it's like, give it to him, God, give it to him. Blah, blah. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah. no, I mean, this is and, and I was open. I was I was open to it. And, and that's why I'm saying is some people are so open to it and receptive to things that you become open and receptive and sure, and sure. Um, open to suggestion among many things. And I remember even thinking that I had the gifts of, of, of tongues and, and, and trying to speak in tongues. But, it, but clearly I was, I was manufacturing that myself. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't something I felt edified for having. It, 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 so, you know, it, I'm not going to speak against it, but I'm just going to speak against the attitude that says, you know, watch your judgmental spirit if you have one. If you're telling other people they ain't got what you got and they need to get it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the only thing that I'm going to suggest that you watch for for sure. there. Yeah. So anyway. That'll be that'll be coming up in a, in a, either another podcast or in the, the next voicemail we're gonna listen to too, is this whole understanding of this this problem of judgmentalism. Right. That that is so prevalent within Christianity, but also within the world. I mean, that's just Right. And you know, it is already we're already forty one minutes into this. I don't know that we have enough time to go into the five-minute voicemail and our response. I have no doubt that the next topic... Let me just go ahead and tell people. Sure. um, There is a topic of, um, you know, Christians, you know, is basically... Christians, do, do they have the the one, the true way, the, the way, the truth, the life? Mm-hmm. You know, nobody gets to heaven except through Jesus. Uh, that's kind of slightly touched on there. A little bit. Um, there is the homosexual mm-hmm. topic is going to be thrown into the next one. Um, do you remember anything else that's thrown in there? Um, it, judgmentalism, big Ju- time. Yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah, just a the huge, big one. huge part of it. Yeah, just, just the whole judgmental. Did you forget to put your phone in airplane no. mode? Oh, you it have a on, reminder. It was yeah. For some reason, the iPhone when you put it on mute and and on airplane mode, it's still even if you have an alarm, it goes above the mute and keeps on going loud. Oh, really? Yeah, it's very frustrating. It, well, okay. I'm sorry. No, that's not. It's not a big deal. So I apologize for anybody who heard the crickets going I off. I think they <laughs> maybe just barely heard it. But I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at <laughs> the chat room. That's so funny. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I think we should probably go ahead and wrap up this week. And we want to say to Tess, Tess, we love you. Oh, my goodness. Yes. We love I, you. And we thank you for your feedback, both the written response that you gave us and your voicemail. It's queued up here. We intended to get it to it today, but Cliff got a little bit uh, verbose. Hey, this is we're <laughs> just generally speaking about the church. We can even do the second one right now if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> But uh, we we do want to say that we will cover it in the next episode of About the Church. That is for certain. We will start off with your comments and questions and everything else. So, 
With that, uh, we do want to say very special thank you to our anonymous sponsor for this episode. Who I sent, don't know who they are. I know you don't. Uh, but It's like a ghost to me. Exactly. But anyway, this anonymous... <laughs> a really, really nice, like Casper, like a sweet, nice ghost. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, this anonymous donor for the sponsorship of this episode has simply asked that we ask you to please be in prayer for the health of a church in your area mm-hmm. that is not your own. So think about a church that's in your area, a local body of believers. Would you please take some time this week and literally pray for the health of that 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 body of believers? And and I th- I think that this is a very noble thing to pray for and things that probably ought to be praying for consistently anyway. So I think that's awesome. And then, of course, uh, we want to just ask you to consider uh, if you are um, enjoying this content, please understand this. As far as what I do for a living, how I how I feed a family of five and everything, I do podcasting new media full time. This is my career. And I am and, and what most people ask me, Cliff, oh, my gosh, how do you raise a, How do you support a family of five and, and do right. all this through podcasting new media? And I'm still working on that. <laughs> it's it's working out. God has been, oh my gosh, DG, let me tell you, every month I wonder, how am I going to pay the bills? I'm literally paying myself another paycheck for, for June now. Wow. And so I am just so thankful to God. Every month wow. he just provides. But uh, it, it's tight around here. And so if you guys have not heard about it, there's this thing called G- Plus Membership. You can go to gspn.tv slash plus. And um, for those of you who want to um, donate over and above and beyond uh, what plus membership is, there is the ability to do that. Uh, and if you are interested in doing so, just send me an email, cliff at gspn.tv or feedback at gspn.tv. It'll come to the same place. And uh, even though we already know what the next episode is going to be about and that it's probably going to go ahead and take up the entire episode the next time around, <laughs> we still want your feedback. We still want your phone calls. Um, with your questions, with your topics, whether they be controversial, whether they just be practical, practical day-to-day living kind of, any, sure. anything about the church. It doesn't have to be these big, huge, gigantic topics. Yeah, stuff like, can you pick your nose and still be a Christian? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, if you want to know, if you want to ask your questions, the best way to get in touch with us is through uh, our listener feedback line. The phone number is area code 859 795 4067. Go ahead and program. Go ahead and say that. I can't even say it now. Program that into your cell phone. We would love for you to call it right now. Area code 859 795 4067. Thank you once again for listening to this. And would you tell somebody else about this show? That would be cool. That'd be great. GSPN.tv, my friends. We love you.